like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And we are back in October uh, 2021, still discussing Creature Features. We're on the third week talking King Kong 1933, the original. Um, I had never seen it, and we wanted to uh, check that one off our gap list. So we'll be talking about that momentarily. Um, In the meantime, uh, we like to catch up with what we've been doing since the last time we recorded and see what we've been watching. So, Corey, how's it going? It's going. How are you? It, not too shabby. Uh, how did those pumpkin chocolate chip muffins turn out, Corey? They were very good. We ate them very quickly. <laughs> ah, well, I am hopeful. Um, my my coworker uh, started a coffee shop at our at our school for the teachers. Right. Um, I think I've told you about it. I don't think I've talked about it on air before, but um, it's been really awesome. The uh, teachers have really been supporting. Students are like learning to like run the coffee shop. They make the coffee and the lattes, and they also do like uh, some type of baked good. Um, their their scones have been off the charts good. Uh, they had a chocolate and orange one today that was quite yummy. Ooh. Not as good as the chocolate cherry one they had last week. No offense. Uh, I really like that chocolate cherry one. Um, but I thought to myself, I wonder if I can get my very talented coworker to make these, uh, pumpkin chocolate chip muffins that my friend made the night before. So I sent an email to her and I was like, I really like the, uh, chocolate orange scone, but I would love some pumpkin stuff. And then I sent the recipe that you sent me and I think it's going to be on the menu next week. So everybody get ready for some uh, everyone who works with me and listens to this podcast which is probably like two people so hey thanks for support <laughs> um nevertheless i'm excited about that because i i was probably not going to ever make them myself um but you know if my coworker makes them i'm sure it is but it's not in my wheelhouse to to do I'm all a, that so i'm gonna text taylor well she bought a pre-made box of um not a pre-made box but a box of you know, I, I don't know if you call it like prepackaged um, pumpkin muffins or not muffins. I'm sorry, maybe cupcake mix uh, that we have not made yet, but she bought it today. So I'm guessing that'll be a project for her tomorrow or something. But um, but yeah, otherwise, it's been a pretty solid week. I did have a, a fun experience. Um, I had a group of students uh, tell me I had good taste. And that feels like something that doesn't happen often where like young people in general tell older people that they have good taste. Um, so I was just like, yep, yeah, that's, that's the pinnacle. I don't think I can do better than this. Like kids have looked upon my taste in movies and taste in music and deemed it acceptable. And I, I feel like by nature, that's the, the opposite reaction that a high school student's supposed to have. You know what I mean? Like you're not supposed to look at a teacher and be like, just this default. person knows what they're talking about. And I don't know. I don't know. I <laughs> yeah. felt good. It was. It felt very affirming, and I was like, "All right." I mean, I've always thought it, but it's nice to hear someone else confirm. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was a cool moment. Um, so that was good. How was uh, any uh, good week? Bad week? We can just move on. 
All right. Well, let's get to what we've been watching, I guess. Uh, what have you been watching, Court? Oh, nothing. Well, I'm glad you've brought so much to the podcast this week. I have uh, a lot on my plate. Like, not, apparently not. You ate all the pumpkin muffins? Like, <laughs> so I have a lot of things on my... Fig- is it figurative? I'm really uh, bad with like words, guys. On my figurative plate, and it's nothing like delicious, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's where we're at. I've just been watching... Um, I haven't even been able to watch like the episode, new episodes of the Creep Show. Bill and I were sick earlier this week. Oh, um, yeah, not the Rona, guys. Um, and then, yeah, so all that my little brain can handle is twenty minute episodes of Saved by the Bell when I can put them into my lunch or something. How about you, man? Um, I've watched a lot of stuff. Uh, not much TV, but I've been I finished um the Freddy Nightmare on Elm Street movie so i watched uh since the last time we recorded i've watched no time to die the new james bond movie nice. freddy's dead the final nightmare which real crap movie um mm-hmm. rewatched new nightmare uh king kong watched west craven's red eye with uh cillian oh. murphy and rachel mcadams which i liked a whole lot um checked another movie off the martin scorsese horror list uh night of the demon or curse of the demon depending on where you're where you're watching it but um really awesome movie uh, completed the Guillermo del Toro filmography because I'd never seen Mimic, so I caught oh. Mimic. Um, it was the only movie of his I hadn't seen, which I didn't realize. Otherwise, I would have finished that a long time ago. But I was like, oh, well, I might as well knock that out right now because it's a horror movie. Um, so caught Mimic. Not bad. Not great. Not, some cool stuff in it. Um, I've always wanted to watch Phantoms because in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, they say Affleck's the bomb in Phantoms. Like, Affleck is in the scene when they say that. And so I've always wanted to watch it. Because I'm like, okay, cool. And uh, it's it's not a good movie. Affleck is good in it, though. He's really miscast because he's playing a sheriff, but he looks so young. Like, like there's no way he's the sheriff. He might be an officer, but there's no way that dude's the sheriff of the town. Fair. Um, like Dewey from Scream, but I mean, yeah. he's just a deputy anyway. Um, so the, my highlight of the week, movie-wise, was Daybreakers from 2009. Um, Ethan Hawke. Uh, Sam Neill and Willem Dafoe. I love this movie. I was so like, it's such a cool take on the vampire story. Um, I'm very, genre. I, I'm so bummed. Well, that's the thing. I often hate vampire movies. So this was like a, like a one that got no, me. And I'm like, I love it. And I'm like, what? No, I'm kidding. It's a good uh, movie. I really, really like Daybreakers. Um, if you haven't seen it like myself, I highly recommend checking it out. Um, I think I, I, generally like ethan hawk i i don't know oh, that there's him. a movie i've seen him in that i don't like him um mm-hmm. but man i really like him in this i and again like him in a lot of things we're we're big before trilogy fans on this podcast we weren't before we did it i think last year but we've come to love it that we both bought the stupid criterion box set. Um, <laughs> after we watched it <laughs> after we watched it we already had uh <laughs> like oh we love this and then uh i boyhood was a movie i had kind of slept on but now i love um so yeah and then um uh juliet naked was a film that Corey and i saw separately oh, but both loved um just i want to say that he's a very talented person like mm-hmm. sorry to interrupt you but nope. big ethan hawk fan i haven't seen all of his movies but um he's an author too i have a book of his he's written a couple books um and he sings on the Juliet Naked uh, soundtrack, and it's so good. I still listen to that soundtrack all the time. Um, and I and like 
This cover is better than the originals. Sorry, mm. I said it. No, no, it's okay to like those. Um, then today on my phone, I rewatched Halloween from 1978. Um, while it, like throughout my day, like I caught it in chunks. Uh, you know, I watched some before school, I watched some during lunch, and I watched some after school, just like the last five minutes because I didn't have a chance to finish it. And then I had a friend come over um, who had not seen the 78 Halloween until two days ago. Oh. And then he watched. we watched the 2018 uh, Halloween together tonight, which I'm really glad I rewatched because I had forgotten a lot about that movie, um, the 2018 one. I, I've seen the 78 one several times. I've, I'd only seen the 2018 in the theater opening night, have not seen it since. Um, but I like the 2018. I don't think it's not it's not perfect. Uh I don't think the first one's perfect. I love the first one, but I don't think it's perfect. I think there's some stuff in it that it it's establishes a lot about the slasher genre and not all of those things are good. There's a lot of dumb tropes that are established in that first Halloween that you're like, ah, okay. Um, but I still love it. And uh, I like 2018 as well. Um, despite some of the things that I don't like about it. Uh, Cause I'm going to go see Halloween kills tomorrow um, with, with my friend and my cousin. And, uh, you know, this, there's one more for sure. We're getting Halloween ends is definitely happening. And then we'll see if they actually hold up to that title and end it or if they try to, you know, reboot it again or whatever. But um, so that's what I've watched, like, on my own intentionally. And then I taught this week um, The Sixth Sense and uh, Minari. And The Sixth Sense... I, I haven't seen it in a few years, but I've taught it like once or twice before. This was one of my favorite things teaching uh, one because I, I know Tony Collette's in Sixth Sense, but I'm much more aware of her now as an actress. And she's so good in that movie that I cried like twice during the Sixth Sense, which I do not remember ever tearing up in my previous views of that movie um, because I, I, I really latched on to the human characters more um, and less of the, the, the stuff. But um, quick, I guess, kind of spoiler warning for The Sixth Sense. If you've never seen it and you're listening to a movie podcast, I don't know what you're doing. But Corey, showing that movie to a room full of people who were born like seven to eight years after it came out. Sorry, go ahead. Almost none of them knew about the movie. <laughs> Only two of them had ever seen it before. None of them knew about the twist. So I got to watch the room have the reveal. Lots of gasps. <gasps> the there the girl I was standing next to, I was like, because I'm like I stand up most of the time when we watch stuff, but I like lean kind of like up against the wall. She got it a second before the reveal, and she, she was like, "Oh my god, no!" And I was I died. I was like so excited, I was like, "Oh, that's the best reaction ever!" I'm so glad I was right here. Cause, um, but I did have one kid who I believe him. He guessed it because we started it on Friday. We watched like 30 minutes um, of it on Friday. And at the end of class, he waited for everyone to leave. And he walked up. He's like, I think Bruce Willis is blah, 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 blah. I'm, I'm still not going to spoil it just in case one of my students who hasn't seen it is listening because there is other classes. And I looked at him and I was like, I'm not going to tell you one way or another, but we'll find out. And in my head, I'm like, oh, my God, he got it. Like, And I've heard people claim that before. He was the first person I ever like witnessed it, and I'm like, I don't feel like he looked it up. I feel like he genuinely just was paying really close attention and deduced it. And I'm like, good for you. And so I gave him props after the movie ended. I was like, I want everyone to know he guessed this, and he deserves that credit because it's impressive. 
Um, but teaching Minari, I was very concerned. Oh, I wasn't sure if they would, if my students would get bored or not. Um, because it's so good. And that is, it held up, uh, not only did I enjoy it watching it a second time, but the room like by the end of the movie. So I had to stop with 10 minutes left in Minari right at the point where like you see the trash can on fire and I had to stop right there. Cause like we were, the bell was going to ring in like three minutes and there was like at least 12 minutes of the movie left. So I'm like, I can't, I can't stop it any later because it'll be in the middle of the scene. So I have to stop it like right at the beginning of the sequence. So at least they'll see it play through and they lost their mind. They were like, what are you doing? I'm like, I have to stop it here. They're like, you can't stop it here. I'm like, I agree. But if I wait, it's worse. So we're going to stop it here. <laughs> like, and so they were, they were like really wired to like finish it today. And they, they loved it. And I was just, I was really thrilled. Cause it was like, you know, they're my third year group. So they've had, they've, they've learned to watch movies in different ways. And like a freshman group of students who have, are just getting it. But um, it's still a challenging, like anytime a movie doesn't have any like Hollywood style action or drama, I'm worried, right? Like that they're, they're going to yeah. check out and then you add subtitles into it. And like, I'm like, are they going to stick with it? And a lot of, I have, I have learned modern day, viewers are much more attuned to subtitles because there is a big push for anime and you are looked down upon if you do dubs over subs. So that's a lot of my students do watch anime. And so they're used to reading subtitles um, more than not. And then um, I think like you, a lot of people have gotten to the point where they just watch stuff with captions anyways. So they're used to reading, even if they understand the language, they're still following along because Sometimes it's hard to get dialects and things like that. So, you know, um, it's not as big of a, a hurdle as it used to be. When I first started teaching film, which has only been eight years, but nevertheless, um, there's, I guess that transfer has happened with uh, streaming alone. I guess streaming is so much more readily available for everybody that you have access to anime and things like that, that maybe you didn't before. But there's definitely been a positive push towards uh being comfortable with movies that have subtitles, which is exciting because it allows me to teach foreign films that in the past I would have avoided because I, I was afraid students would check out. That's such a good one too. Well, um, that is what we've been watching. Uh, I, I just realized I have not watched a new episode of what we do in the shadows. So I'll have to get caught up on that later, but let's get into uh, King Kong, shall we? From 19 of 33. Um, it has an, IMDb user score of 7.9. It has a meta score of 90 because it is a beloved classic that I just never saw. Um, black and white, of course. A film crew goes to a tropical island for uh, for an exotic location shoot and discovers a colossal ape who takes a shine to their female blonde star. He is then captured and brought back to New York City for public exhibition. Uh, directed by Marion C. Cooper, uncredited apparently, and Ernest B. Shosdiak. Um, also says uncredited. That's interesting. Uh, writers, James Ashmore, Creelman, Ruth R Rose, Marion C. Cooper, uh, stars really. I mean, it's the girls, the star, uh, Faye Ray as Anne Darrow, Robert Armstrong, Bruce Cabot, Frank Riker, Sam Hardy, Noble Johnson, uh, James Flavin. I feel like that's the big ones. Oh, it starts King Kong. He's actually credited on IMDb. That's funny. Um, yeah, uh, Corey, you also had never seen this, right? 
what did uh what was your take um i so i think that there are obviously a lot of things about this movie that are very impressive even today and then to think about it being released in 1933 just like makes you know that makes it even more exponential um but i and also i think a sign of the times you know there are a few things that are a little problematic i yes did not love this movie i was reading that some people are like i it's my favorite movie ever i watch it at least twice a year and um i i don't know there are some things with it that watching it myself now i was kind of like but like I said, there I I always am interested in the way that they do effects yeah. in movies. And like they did really cool stuff in this movie. Hot take everyone. <laughs> um that I was interested in knowing a little bit about. And I that was kind of satiated by a a review that I had watched about it. So I would say I can understand why it's so well regarded it's very ahead of its time um i enjoyed it but i did not love it um i i think i did love it um but in in a lot of the more of the appreciative way um you know uh, the visuals were impressive um the the even the stuff that you could tell was like you know claymation or whatever is just it's so cool like there were parts where like the humans would become claymation figures and it's like you can tell there's no no mm-hmm. denying it but i i kind of appreciate that level of um like, visibility that you can tell because it, it it is so impressive the blending of animation and live action is really cool um what i was surprised about i my real king kong experience is kong skull island um, I've not even sat through Peter Jackson's three-hour Kong movie. I've never seen the 70s Kong movie. So I'm pretty much blind on the King Kong films. I was always more into Godzilla. I've seen a lot of the Godzilla films. I, I've seen in, I've seen Gojira before, like the original. Um, you know, I saw the 98 Godzilla when I was in theaters. I used to watch Mystery Science Theater 3000 when they were allowed to do the Godzilla movies. So I've seen a lot of those. I've always liked those. King Kong was never appealing to me. And so I never bothered to, like, dive into it. Um, even though now I, I like both are revolutionary in their filmmaking techniques and styles. This one is very different. What I was pleasantly surprised to find was that a lot of the stuff in Kong Skull Island, like him fighting other monsters and stuff was in this. Cause I honestly thought this movie was go to, go to Island, find a capture ape, bring ape, New York escapes, New York empire state building, the end. And I don't feel like we need a spoiler section in this because I feel like this is such a known entity and there's no real like details that you are going to spoil like you know um it's been parodied it's been referenced i i'm pretty sure the simpsons did like several king kong references and um so i i don't feel like there's a spoiler for this 1933 film because the plot is that essentially but what I didn't know was that there was other monsters on the island that he, you do see like dinosaurs and that Kong fights other monsters. And um, I, I loved all of that stuff. And I was super excited because some of it was clearly like Kong Skull Island definitely references specific moments from this movie. 
and they probably did that in the 70s and the Peter Jackson one. I just haven't watched those. I've seen clips of the Peter Jackson one, and um, I feel like Jack Black's character, who is the director, if I'm not mistaken, um, felt a little more menacing. Like, he intentionally mm. put the girl in danger, where, like, this one, he seems innocent. Like, innocence may be strong, but he's... While we're he, here. Yeah, it does become a while we're here versus, like, he, he didn't know Kong was there yeah like or that it was a giant ape like he knew he knew this was a myth like there was stuff that could be and he was hoping to get something cool he got more than he bargained for which was you know win in his eyes at first and it wasn't until later um so the most problematic thing in the movie is said early early on and then uttered at the end which is uh it was beauty that killed the beast and that implication that um women ruin men essentially is like a pretty heavy theme throughout this film. Um, most shown by the love story in the movie. Uh, oh my God. The, the actor who I, is it Carl? Who's the actor? I don't remember the names at all. Like, I don't, I don't know. Um, or is it John Driscoll? I don't remember who's Driscoll. the director. Driscoll's the, the, the soldier Venom or is the, the director. Okay. Yes. All right. So Bruce Cabot plays Driscoll and, early he's very like dismissive of women like he's the he's the manly man sold he's not a soldier he's a sailor um and his falling for and he slowly like the the rough exterior like melts away he's still protective of her but he's suddenly like all about her and like trying to love her and um man did this movie just like oh you you guys you gotta stay you know firm and don't don't let these women invade your space or you're going to get turned into a, you know, a wussy. And it's like, this ooh. is what for women. This yeah. is, does not, way. does not age well. Um, although I think there are a lot of people who still hold similar views. And so one could say it ages very well um, in that it makes you go, oh, crap, that's not a view that I agree with. Um, Almost 100 years later, guys. Yeah, yeah. God, really make how put some perspective. Are you saying that I'm making you feel old, like you were alive in 1933? <laughs> I mean, in my day, um, yeah, no, but uh, the, it definitely has its its problems, and that's the biggest one I would say. Um, but you get all these cool visuals, and you get the the very kind of trademark story element of uh, him climbing the Empire State Building. Um, and like the big fake gorilla hand coming into to grab her, which is really cool. Like, I mean, some of the visuals are super awesome. And that's the second scene that we see that. So are we not doing spoilers? Yeah, no, I it's just we're just in spoilers because again, I don't really. Yeah, this movie, you guys, I guess spoiler warning, but we've kind of already said the end of the movie, but it's fine. Well, the ending is the only thing that I knew about this movie. Yeah. Like, I didn't know anything else. Um, Same, actually. Yeah, I didn't know they were going to an island. I didn't know he was trying to make a film. Oh, I, didn't. I didn't know. Um, I, I knew the general structure. Um, Kong Skull Island deviates severely from that structure. Uh, <laughs> it's similar, but um, I, I knew the general idea of, of uh, the Peter Jackson Kong because I've seen clips of it. Um, he, and like the, the it's much more immersive as far as like 
you're not just watching the guys kind of observe things like you see them getting attacked by a lot of different monsters and stuff. So I've seen clips of that. Um, and, but yeah, the, the ending I knew the most, because that's where you've seen parodied and referenced and just to death. Um, I, so that, um, scene where he reaches his hand in, in the window and, you know, pulls her back out of the building towards the end of the movie, we see that same type of scene um, early on in the movie when he goes to pick her up and mm-hmm. then carries her away. And I didn't have time to do any extra research on how they did that. But I was thinking the way that it's moving, is there like a crane or something or like a what is that? I should have done more research, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know like the answer scene. either, but yeah, it's definitely something like that. And it's, it's super impressive. Um, I mean, that's the thing. I, I also kind of wish I, I had meant to watch because I know there's got to be tons of stuff about this movie at this point. Like, there's I did read a couple of articles. I was more kind of intrigued by the 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 misogyny of the movie, so I, I looked at that first, and then I never went back to like watch the making of or anything. Um, not that there's a making of. The only thing I did know, um, I knew from another movie when I st- when I started teaching at the high school, I taught English. And one of the books that we read in ninth grade was The Most Dangerous Game. And a common trait for English teachers is when you read a book, you then show the movie so that they can, the kids who struggle with reading can get the visuals and still get the concepts, right? And yeah. there is a Most Dangerous Game film. Um, and while uh, learning about it, because it was 1930, it's 1932. I'm not a big fan of black and white movies at that time. I was very still like getting into film. I was really diving in a few years later. Um but the most dangerous game I learned was filmed at night on the same set as King Kong and stars Faye, Faye Ray, who was working during the day on Kong. They just cast her in the most dangerous game as studios would do to save money because they're already filming here. She's already there. The costumes already match. So all of like the jungle scenes in the most dangerous game are the jungle sets from King Kong uh, stars, the same actress. And it also has, I think, um, the director is in both, if I'm not mistaken. Um, not the not the character, but the actor who plays the director um, is in both movies, if I'm if I remember correctly. So it's like it's a funny like little trivia that I knew. Yeah, uh, Robert Armstrong. Um, going uh, into this, I'm like, hey, this is gonna. Be, I've I've seen the most dangerous game at least three times because I I taught it for three different years, and so I'm like, this will be interesting uh, to watch this movie finally that I've seen the sets on and I've seen this actress, but I have not seen this film. Um, I, I liked her performance quite a bit, despite it being the, the damsel in distress or whatever. Oh, so much screaming, a lot of screaming, right? Yeah, very much. Um, but I thought good screaming, like believable screaming. That's fair. And, uh, I, but I thought a solid performance. I liked the guys in the movie, despite again, they're the, not so much the character writing, but the performances I thought were, were good. And um, I liked them. I didn't yeah. understand why there were dinosaurs on the island. Were we also transported back in time? I think the island is, um, operates outside of time. Like it's like this, uh, it's actually, I think explained more in the, have you not seen like the modern, like monster verse with, uh, the Godzilla 2014 um, 
King of Monsters, Godzilla, Kong Skull Island, and then Godzilla vs. Kong from last year. Oh, um, I I love the 2014 Godzilla. Very much disappointed with King of Monsters, like so hardcore. Love Kong Skull Island. Like I had a blast with that movie. I wanted to see that one and I missed it in theaters. But... John C. Riley is the highlight of that movie. And so is Samuel L. Jackson because I always love Samuel L. Jackson. But John C. Riley is so good in that. And there's a lot of stuff in that one I really liked, which actually brought me over to liking King Kong. And then um, Matt and I both really, really up on Godzilla versus Kong. We did not think it's perfect, but we had a lot of fun with it, which we didn't have with King of Monsters, which was our big complaint with King of Monsters. Um, but I think that franchise explains it a little more that it's like an island that does operate kind of outside of time in the way that we think of it. So there are dinosaurs and stuff like that there as well. Uh, it's, um, I can't remember their full definition, like defining of it, but it's like this uh, island that's maybe untouched by man for the most part. And like the men that are there, you see like they pay a lot of respect to those creatures and they keep the wall up and uh, otherwise they're kind of lost to time as well. That's at least my kind of take. I'm looking at the Wikipedia to see if there's any any kind of like clarification it just says um mysterious entity named kong rumored to dwell on the island so it's just again this implication um so if it's the, untouched how do they know uh rumors it's it's the idea of like remember um planes exist obviously because there's a whole sequence with the planes at the end but uh not in the traditional sense where like not like in our sense i should say not traditional i mean i don't want this episode to be short but that's really all there is to say about kong from 1933 i liked it i would say it's a must-see movie especially just because of the visuals and stuff it's one of those movies everyone should watch i don't think everyone's going to love it um but i do think it holds up pretty well uh what do you think Corey? i am going to say that i do think it's revolutionary so i'll say must-see film but not a personal favorite and I think that's fair. And I do think, you know, there's it's, there's some stuff that's problematic. If you look at it, though, as a lens into views of that time, it's a good study of what people were thinking. So remember that. Like, obviously, I, I don't think anyone's out here thinking that women were treated equally in 1933. So here's, a, a like, you know, a touchstone of that, of, like, what, what was the ex- expectation of women? And, you know, apparently it was women were viewed as things to be won over traded uh you know stolen by a giant ape and we don't think that now hopefully um that's basically our episode folks uh we're gonna be back next week with week number four uh, of five though for this month because of how october is playing out uh we're gonna be watching the retreat from 2020 on shutter it is a shutter original i believe um that Corey, yes, of course, Corey has selected. <laughs> um, anything to to say about the retreat? Are you excited? Are you uh, nervous that maybe you should have picked something more mainstream <laughs> or known? No, because I love Shutter. Not we have no affiliation with them. They do not support this podcast. But I'm a big fan, and I always like to watch you know more movies on that service because. They've steered me right more than, you know. It's actually where I watched uh, Halloween today. Um, Halloween is on Shudder right now, the original 78. So if you have a Shudder, you can check that one out. Um, 
we will be back next week. But in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. I am at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey R. Star, two R's on the end. And if you like what we're doing here at Burke Reviews Movie Club, we ask that you take just a few moments and give us that five-star rating on whatever podcast provider you are utilizing. And we will be back next week to uh, continue the creature feature theme of October 2021. But until next time, keep watching movies. Hey, this is Matt from What I Watch Tonight. Come join me in the back row for movie discussion, retrospective episodes with guests, director focus shows, end of year rankings, start of the year predictions, and much, much more. There's more going on in the back row than you might think. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com.